suck it up snowflake. You fucking deal with it. Get over it. Just stop whining about stupid shit. Hello and welcome to episode number 41 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the prostitutes are running wild and everybody gots blow. And from America's left coast, where if you're not strung out, unstable and living in a tent, you're a second class citizen. I'm Ryan Bemrose. It is the new world order. And today, I mean, we're talking about vices today. I mean, Ryan didn't want to respond to me for like the first 15 times. I'm like, hey, I have a show topic idea. Hookers and blow. Nothing. Silence. Yeah, and then I, the next day, I have a show topic idea. Hookers and blow. Nothing. Well, y- you say so many stupid things that just fall flat. I was like, <laughs> well, this is probably a joke and it doesn't require a response. And then after a while, I'm like, are, are you actually serious? You want to do that as a topic? So well, you, then, know, you hear it enough. I no agenda hookers and blow and I, and at first it was a joke in my mind and then i went you know that's really not a bad idea as a topic no it kind of is but that's why we should take it on as a topic <laughs> because it's a bad topic that's the perfect reason for grumpy old ben's to hop into it well no break not it a bad down. topic just a bad idea well yeah bad ideas often make the best topics there is no doubt about that but there's a lot of things going on in the world at this particular point, one of which is the law was just passed, if I'm not mistaken, which now you have to be 21 years old to buy cigarettes in the United States. So, I mean, this is a vice. This is a drug. This is something that is being regulated along with. And you, know, yet we can you can talk still about, prostitute yourself at 15. Isn't that an amazing thing? That's a great country. I mean, legally, you can't. I mean, I think but to, to legal where prostitution is legal, and we can get into all that in a minute. I think it's 18, which is a kind of an intriguing thing that you can choose to you know, sell your body at 18. But, you know, you can't have a drink or smoke until 21, which makes yeah. all or, of these laws or own a gun in this part of the country. But but yeah, this isn't our gun rights episode. <laughs> Every episode is kind of a gun rights episode. But, you know, we've got the marijuana thing going on, you know, alcohol, cigarettes, prostitution. We have the Internet at work intertwining with all of these things when it comes to things like the dark web and being able to procure said things. You know, we can talk about back page and the, you know, the real implications, if any, of what happened when sites like that get shut down. And a lot of this stuff is kind of revolving around the same stuff we talk about all the time, which is tech, the legalities of it, if it should be you know, legal or not, or if people should just be responsible for themselves. I thought, even though it was originally kind of conceived as a bit of a joke, that it actually turns out that it's a great, great topic. And you know, unfortunately, I guess we're doing this when the, uh, you know, the next No Agenda is a clip show so we, we we won't have Adam Curry saying, hey, coming up next on the stream, grumpy old Ben's hookers and blow, which would have been a nice little segue to it. But uh, I think it works. I, I well, do we, think it works. We still and, might be able to get him to say it. 
if if we can well, get him true. to just say that and send us the the MP3, totally drop that into the stream. Make in fact, the it'll it'll just be thing. one of the one of the sweepers in rotation. You know, right right next to you're listening to No Agenda Stream, and then be coming up next, hookers and blow. Every show, hookers I'd and play. blow, all the every, time. Every show should be hookers and blow. <laughs> I listen to but that I mean, stream. I mean, I thought the greatest thing was when I'm just like, well, we should do a show topic, hookers and blow. You're like, I don't really have any experience with those subjects. And it's like, I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to take part to have an opinion. I mean, you've proven already over 41 episodes. uh, Well, 40 episodes. I mean, there was that lost one, of course, that uh, you have an opinion about just about everything. Well, I, I just want to establish right off the bat. That uh, as a frat guy, um, I've never had to pay for sex. It, it was not a requirement. Uh, and then sometime around 13, 14 years ago, I got married. And therefore, uh, regardless of whether or not it's legal for me to pay for sex, um, uh, well, I've been paying for it for 13 or 14 years. <laughs> And you may not be married and, for 14 or 15 years if <laughs> if your wife is listening and, to and this the cons- show. The consequences of going out and finding any other woman are go far beyond legal fees. You're like, it's just not worth it. I'm married already. I can't really deal with more of that. I get it. I understand. But that is kind of the concept. It's It's something that you look at, again, the news stories that have been going around. And it's intriguing to me the way things are reported, but we know we're in the world is upside down where nothing you can really uh, take truly to heart. When you read the stuff in the news, you can't really take it as fact because all of the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, which the guy was a creep. There's no doubt about it, but I've read so many articles that you're like, well, convicted pedophile and all this. And it's like you look back and the only thing he was ever convicted of was soliciting a 15-year-old prostitute which again the girl was already a prostitute so it's an interesting conundrum when you get to that point but that is why you know when you look at this okay hookers and blow as we mentioned just here in the beginning of the show where it is legal and there are some states you know Nevada I thought they're trying to do this in New York now maybe Progo knows he's in the troll room I thought they're trying to make sex work in New York legal and that would be starting at 18. So then you really get yeah, into in the, the question of, office. <laughs> well, you know, Anthony Weiner, you know, again, if you want to talk about grade a creepo, you guys sending dick pics to 15 year olds. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, but what was it? What was the name? Oh, what was his name? Um, the name he was using was something really just creepy. And uh, I, how like, can you uh, get more creepy than Weiner? <laughs> well, see, I don't know. Uh, Maybe that was too on the nose. If you're looking to send dick pics to people going by the name Wiener, you know, uh, I, you no, have to go actually, with, it's a perfect name. You'd be like, okay, this guy's obviously using a pseudonym. He's sending me dick pics and he's calling himself Wiener. Right. right. It was Carlos <laughs> danger. Wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was Abel Kirby says Rick danger. I think it See, was Carlos. Carlos. It, it danger. turns out, it turns out he never sent me any dick pics. So I, I don't have firsthand knowledge of this. So you're, so you're sad. You, yeah, you didn't I, get on. You didn't get on Anthony Weiner's list. I no, no, not even. He knows a if bit. you've been good, and he knows if you're awake. Get on yeah, Anthony Weiner's. If, if, if you've been good, then he doesn't want you. <laughs> that is 
that is probably the truth. But this was something that the left was using as a rally cry this year, which was sex work is work. And that kind of short circuited my mind in a little bit, you know, in a little, in a lot of ways, because is this something that you really want to be teaching the children? I mean, it's all for the children, right? We're, we're trying to make the world better. This is everything about global warming and gun violence and all of this is to protect children, our children. What, what made you think that? No. What makes you think that politicians want our children to be taught? Nobody, nobody in a position of power wants an informed or educated public. We just want to control them and use them and, and abuse them for political gain. That's what the politicians are doing with children. Well, yeah, they want them to be brainwashed, but yeah. then why do they want them to believe that sex work is okay? These, the same group of people that are telling you, you know, guns are bad. Global warming's bad. It's all for the children. We want our children's lives to be better, but they're also then going to go, well, it's okay if you want to grow up to be a hoe. Well, it, it, it probably has to do with the systematic destruction of the family unit, which is, is kind of important if you want to raise a generation of statists who look to the government for all of their support and family instead of their own family. If, and the if, other thing. Somebody, if somebody grows up in, in a well-adjusted family unit, then they are loyal to their family. But if somebody grows up knowing that uh, they are served entirely by the welfare checks that come in from the state, then they will spend their entire lives kowtowing to the government because that's where that's where all of their loyalties lie. It's pretty ingenious, actually. Well, it is. It's just a, you know, it's a strange, you know, disconnect for me. And I have no problem. DC girl in the troll room says she's 100% with sex work and she knows people who's done it. And I'm fine with that because it is the ultimate when it comes down to the uh, capitalistic viewpoint is sex work because you know what else doesn't work when it comes to sex work uh socialism not everybody's going to get paid the same the way you look is going to determine the amount of money that you can charge for your said services well obviously no way around that obviously we need state mandated surgery to force everybody to look the same so if you're going into sex work, you have to have a mask of Hillary Clinton attached to your face. And uh, well, I mean, it, we don't. <laughs> oh, ah, I know you got the cold meds and that finally it took a second for that to hit your I, the retina in your brain. I just threw up in your mouth a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that flavor no. will never come out now. That's not I, a pretty picture. I, I, I was going to say, you know, the, the surgery, you know, it, it, we don't, there's only so much you can do with a facelift for certain people. So of course we're going to have to uglify a lot of the really pretty ones, but I think that we can give everybody a, a free boob job. And uh, I, for one <laughs> am in favor of that. If that's a state sponsored program, I, I could see, I could see you at the voting booth where it's like, Okay, click here if you want your tax money to go towards better roads and services and parks and all this. Click here if you would like bigger boobs for the hookers. Uh, Vote A, government services. B, boobs. I think I know know which one of those is going to get the plurality. (laughs) You know, and it's, it's an interesting concept because as 
going down that like libertarian line. It's like, as long as you're not hurting somebody else, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want, including sex work. If that's what you want to do, that's perfectly fine. Now, it's interesting that the government is also so against shutting these sites down like Backpage. And when that happened, what I didn't understand was the concept that this was actually going to change the number of sex workers, the number of sex acts going on illegally. You knew it was just going to change the venue of advertising. That's all well, it was yes, going to do. Yes, because uh, in enforcement has always in throughout all of history, uh, every single time that somebody has some kind of vice then just shutting down public access to it has completely worked to make people stop feeling those urges, right? Oh, wait, no, that's never worked. No, no. I don't know why you can't, you can't, you, you can't enforce behavior. That's, that's something that statists never seem to understand. They always seem to think, well, if we just punish people, then they'll stop feeling these human urges and, and suddenly do what I want them to do. And that never works. If you, if you cap off and make it so that you can't do something in public, the only thing you do is you drive it into private where you can't find it. That's what enforcement does. Our good buddy, Baron Walkman said he's starting a movement so men can get equal pay when it comes to sex work. And you know, that's true. I mean, you don't see a lot of guys lining the streets with like, you know, trying to get picked up. And I mean, I know it happens there, but, uh, far less and for some reason females get more than men so i don't i don't get it this is a, this is an inequality we must stand up and fight for well I, I i like females better than men so i'm currently okay with that but uh darth radar in the troll room says uh here we just tax them which uh i have to admit is a superior option to trying to prohibit it uh if only because theft is a lesser crime than assault Yeah. And DC girl talking about the places that you can still find these and yeah, Instagram, it exists, but where it really is existing is in the uh, Fediverse. There's no doubt about it. That is where a lot of those went over to was the Mastodon system. I am because following again, the wrong people <laughs> you probably are. Um, this exists. I mean, not on the, not on no agenda social. I haven't seen it, but if you, if you venture into and do like keyword searches in that for the the rest of the fediverse it exists there because again when you have it where people cannot get banned where people cannot get uh, thrown off of a service you can no longer stop this so governments trying to or even being worried about that craigslist or backpage were in, inviting these types of ads and they were always veiled anyway i mean i don't think they were ever um, completely specific about what was going on, but you know, everybody knew, which is again, where you get into that problem. Just like we talked about with Larry on the show about language, when you just decide something else means something else, how do you, how do you stop this? So instead of putting up your ad on Backpage or Craigslist for, you know, blowjob, well, now we're just going to call that a, uh, you know, a free massage, or we're going to call that a, you know, banana man, you know, so if you want three banana man, well, then you call me and then we'll hook it up. So trying to block things and not think that there is a very easy pivot going on. Uh, 
Well, you know, again, very hard to block information everywhere that everywhere that speech has ever been has ever been suppressed by some authoritarian regime. uh, People have immediately learned to speak in code. This is this is not new. This is as old as people are and and as old as we have, you know, when. Way, way back in the day, uh, you know, when the the king decreed that thou shalt not speak about the royal penis anymore, then. You know, somebody would call it the the cod or the halibut or the salmon or some other you know fish name, right? And it, so, how do you know? Again, the censorship stuff—it doesn't make sense. It's moved elsewhere. It's very easy to do this kind of stuff and run these businesses out of places like the you know Mastodon instances, even on Twitter. Again, if you're if you're not straight out in uh, in advertising in the words they're looking for. It just creates a culture of new words and new keywords and ways to find people. And, you know, that's how that whole one thing was the, the kitty porn thing was busted because it was like pizza was one of the magic words. It's like, well, everybody loves pizza. Well, not like that. But it's very hard to find this stuff if you're doing a keyword that is used. It's kind of like when you're trying to pirate a uh, movie that has a title that's like really simple, like dogs, you know, then <laughs> it's really hard to find the. Uh, you know, the one thing you're looking for, the yeah, more common, um, the keyword you're, you're trying to search for a band called uh, the who or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Or yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, holy crap. That's a keyword that you're going to find in a lot of places. <laughs> we ran, we ran into that problem when, uh, when I was working on search engine in, uh, you know, cause I, I was working on the, uh, the, uh, Microsoft, what was it? Live.com search engine. The one that that predated Bing, uh, Bing. and it, it was called I think it was called Live Search, and uh, we ran into that problem when we we decided that you know we went, if people walk you know search for uh, a, you know Chicago Orchestra or they search for the Chicago Orchestra, we should treat those the same. And we came up with this concept called stop words, which were words that were just thrown out of the query entirely, and. It it worked pretty well because you know if if somebody leaves out an a or an an or a the then right. we still wanted to be able to return their query and then we ran across queries that were entirely stop words and they didn't return like the who right they didn't return any results at all it's like oh this isn't working right so we had to start special casing that this this it's was back when problem. back when Microsoft thought they could make a decent search engine by uh, aggregating the results from other companies that did it, and then we ended up losing all of our all of our market share to some crappy little startup called Google. Yeah, they're never going to make it. They're a flash in the pan. There's no doubt about it. Well, if if you went to all of our rah rah meetings, it was always uh, you know according to this metric, we're still number one. According to this metric, we're still number one. And then you look out there, and it's like, yeah, but nobody really uses us. They're all going to Google. So it's like the lefties looking at any of these opinion polls and trying yeah, to you, know, it, you can make any poll say anything. It, it wasn't until the you know when when I left the group was right about the time when upper management finally came in and effectively fired two thirds of the team, rearranged it, brought in completely new management to hire a new team. And that's what eventually became Bing was when upper management went, yeah, you guys are are really good with the rah-rah stuff, but you're getting completely crushed and you're in denial about it. Maybe, well, yeah, maybe that's a lesson that. for the modern parties too, is, is if you're getting crushed this badly, maybe you need to 
bring in new upper management. Well, yeah, if you can't read the room or in this case, reading the country when you're talking politics, the fact that there has been even in polls that are run by the usual suspects that are anti-Trump, even in those, you're seeing that the public is losing ground as far as wanting to impeach, yet they're doubling down on it. You just have to wonder the sanity of that from people that just can't stop when they're losing they know they're losing it sounds like microsoft was the same way which is like hey no we're doing everything right don't worry these guys are never going to beat us while they're running over you with a uh, you know with a snowblower you know they're kind of you know i was going to say a uh, you know a steamroller but a snowblower seems much more fun because when you enter into one of those like the big ones with the big metal blades it just doesn't run you over it like cuts you up and sprays you out all over the place and that's kind of what google did to microsoft online what a happy mental it? image. <laughs> it's a Christmas image. I don't know. <laughs> I, when, being, when, when being flattened by a snowblower is not, a, when, uh, by a, uh, a steamroller is not enough. I mean, red is one of the Christmas colors, so I'm told. It is. And, you know, just if JCD is listening, you're listening to the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast, grumpyoldbens.com. Whether you want to or not. Wait, do we have a thing where we're forcing people to listen to this now? <laughs> yes, as a matter what? of fact. What kind of new hell is this? Is this like a punishment now? Parents with their kids like, can I tell you what I'm going to do? I'm going to make you listen to grumpy old Ben's. No. Yes. yes. And <laughs> and if you and if you want to escape this fate, uh, go go donate on our Patreon page. Yeah. Patreon.com slash grumpy old Ben's and Fletcher, a buddy from the hog story podcast, hogstory.net live Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central. There is across from the place he works, a barbershop. That has two big honking speakers. Like if you remember in MASH, the big loudspeakers like they'd have in the compound. I mean, these speakers look like they were like army surplus up on a pole, blasting out Christmas music. And he's threatening to hack into that somehow and play grumpy old Ben's for the city there. And I think that would be, you know, I, I would, I don't know why he wouldn't play his own show, except for maybe the legalities of then they would know who he was. But uh, I mean, really, if you want to do that with grumpy old Ben's, that seems like a great idea. Well, I mean, even I have some mercy. Grumpy old Ben's 24-7 might be a bit much. Uh, so if you intersperse it like alternate Grumpy old Ben's hog story, uh, maybe throw in some Nick the Rat, maybe some Mark and George show. Um, in fact, just <laughs> the play the No years. Agenda stream 24-7. And I think that, uh, I mean, you're in a town that listens to Kansas Southern for their entertainment. This This can't yeah. be any worse. You would hope. I don't know. Sometimes you sound just like a train horn going off, but uh, that's just when you're in your ranty phase, which is always. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So here's the question then. When it comes to sex work, what should the age of, I was going to say, this is going to sound dirty. I didn't mean it to. What should the age of entry be? How old should you have to be in order in the United States of America, if sex work is going to be legal everywhere, which it is in Nevada and maybe a few other places, I don't know. Um, what should that age be? Is it 18? Are we agreeing with that? Or is that just a, a random number that makes no sense that we have decided at one point that 18 made an adult? And I guess there maybe there's a whole other question with that, which is, is 18 still an adult? I'm going to decline to answer this question on the grounds that uh, if any law enforcement are listening to this podcast, they have absolutely no sense of humor 
about uh, <laughs> the you know the idea that anybody under eighteen could possibly be thought of as uh, a functionally and sexually mature human being. So uh, it also, is. I think you're adding you're asking the wrong question, really. Uh, you know, wh- when when you say what age should someone be allowed, it, the even the very concept is is what do you mean by allowed? Uh, you know, you're you're asking somebody who believes that it to ultimate, be legal to. Well, uh, OK, you're asking somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of respect for laws. Uh, so I've heard. But but you're you're. You know, I, I am I am one of those people who believes that the ultimate sovereign over whether or not you can do something should be you. Uh, the the individual needs to be the one to decide. So, uh, you know, at what age should uh, a, a woman be allowed to do what or they man. want with their body or a man? Uh, you know, I I, I judge. Um, I. It, you know what what age do we allow people to make decisions for themselves uh you know there's there's one school of thought the the type that seems to be running the country that says we should never do that which might be why you know there's a lot of places where uh doing what it is that you want with your own body is still not legal you know there's there's a lot of places where it's still not legal to put certain substances into your own body whether or not you think that they're going to harm you and I don't know why it's any of the state's business, but there's a lot of people out there who seem to think that, you know, for example, there's there's particular uh, uh, plants and herbs that uh, when set on fire and the you breathe the smoke, which doesn't even have as much deleterious effects as as some things that are legal that you put in your bodies. Uh, You know, there's a lot of people out there who seem to think that you should be punished for that. And the the very concept of of why it's any of their business pretty much escapes me. So, uh, you know, sh- why why when should somebody be able to enter into a voluntary contract with somebody else to do something that happens behind closed doors and is not visible or known about by anyone else? Uh, at, at what point do we trust people to enter into voluntary contracts? Never. Which I get. I mean, okay, and again, well, this is then, such. Then a, there's your answer. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a randomized number, and I understand that for laws to work, although they seem to rarely work in this country, that there needs to be a magical age, even though the case can be made. Well, no, I, there doesn't I, have to be, but for it's really hard to go. Well, you can legally buy booze when you're responsible. Well, some people I mean, are never I, hitting that age. I, I think I think an arb yeah, an arbitrary age is not a very good way to do it because what you're really trying to get at is uh, you know, people reach people reach the ability to have consent when they have uh, demonstrated that they are responsible enough to use it. And in that case, you know, somebody who has been on their own since they were 14 might be completely responsible because they have to be. And meanwhile, somebody who's 31 and living in their parents' basement right now still might not have reached the point where they're capable of, of taking care of and being responsible for themselves. But since it would be even more overbearing to have some kind of bureaucracy that 
tests people on an individual basis to try to determine whether or not they're responsible enough to take care of themselves. Instead, we use an age. Because that is the easier way to do it. I get it. DC Girl has a lot of good information. DC Girl, when are we getting you on the show? When aren't you working on a Friday or week? We can do this on a Saturday because she says that the adult psychology starts around 20 and that in education, an adult is 25 years old. That's when you switch from pedagogy to andragogy. That's, those are a lot of big words that I don't understand. I, I know some 25-year-olds who are still waiting for their participation trophies. So <laughs> They do. They, they want the trophy. They want the gold star. They want to feel like they're doing good. But that is, I mean, this is the weird thing about our current society is that after we had the uh, shooting in the school down in Florida, all of a sudden, all those kids were smart enough to be teaching us about gun violence and what the country needed to do to no, legislate no, said gun violence. No, they, they well, were, we were told they were. Well, no, they, they, because, uh, a 15 year old is, uh, about on the same level as the type of people who are theoretically adults and stand up and tell us whether or not we're allowed to have, uh, guns in this country, but that doesn't mean that they're smart. Well, you're you're telling me they're mature enough to be able to figure this out. The 70 year olds who are running for president and standing up in front of the country and telling us that we shouldn't be allowed to defend ourselves are about the same maturity level as those 15 year olds. But that doesn't make them qualified. That I agree with. But we're, we're again, we're pushing things like cigarettes to 21 at the same time that people are shoving. How old's Greta now? Is she 16? Maybe now, but oh, when, who gives when a we fuck first about Greta, well, I do. I, I don't. Well, I want, I feel bad you, for her. What are you, some her, kind of pedo? No, oh. her family is uh, abusing this poor girl. Well, this and is she's on the spectrum. Uh, she has uh, two parents that are Antifa nuts that the somebody in the troll room was a program. Maybe somebody said that her grandfather was the guy that originally came up with the debunked now greenhouse gas theory. So this is like a family crusade. And as they talked about on no agenda, number 1200 yesterday, what a hell of a milestone episode that was. Listen to that. If you haven't heard it yet, that, you know, this whole thing is just, it, 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 it just gets to the point to where I don't understand why people buy into it. I mean, it really, while I definitely agree that Greta is a child being abused by her parents, uh, I do think that the greatest kindness that we as a society can do for her is to ignore her and let her go back to being a normal teenager that only local family and friends give a shit about. And the rest of us don't need to be putting up murals of her and giving her complexes for the rest of her life. I agree. But as I talked about on no agenda, there's a Hulu documentary coming out that has just randomly oh yeah, been yeah. following greta yeah, from the, her the, first the solution school that I, strike the solution i just I mean, recommended won't be the solution i recommended won't be implemented and and you know the the people who've already decided that she's the fucking messiah of i guess she is she's the messiah of the new climate change religion and yeah uh, understand she, that she's gonna understand. she's gonna be fucked up for life Oh, I have no, I, my, and again, this is a sad thing to say. I believe that she'll probably end up offing herself when she realizes that all of this shit that she's talking about 
that the planet's going to end within 10 years. I think she's going to come around in 10 years and go, oh, my God, I've been lied to. My whole life's been a lie. And that's not yeah, a good yeah, feeling you, for anybody. You, you don't say. Yeah, yeah it's, all, it's not a good of, thing. And and it's you, you almost understand that all of, you know, all of these young people for whom the the current round of, oh, my God, the planet's going to end in 10 years is the first time that they've heard these dire predictions that the planet's going to end. And so, you know, unlike us who've heard all of this before and they're looking at it going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep saying that it's not happened yet. Uh, they don't in have the seventies in the eighties. The they the don't 90s. have the experience to determine that, Oh, you know, all of this has happened before and all of it will happen again. And, and, you know, this looks exactly like the last time that, that these dire predictions, you know, the, you remember the ozone hole and, and the, yeah, the ice age that was coming and yes, people always predicting and then trying to cash in on the panic. And, and then it turned out to be a hoax and, and young people today, uh, I can't blame them for being a little bit freaked out because they trusted these so-called authorities who are lying to them. Um, but I can blame them for trusting these so-called authorities when what we really need in this country and, and in this world is fewer automatons and more people to go out and actually think for themselves, which is another skill that schools just aren't teaching anymore. Schools are all teaching, hey, you know, here's some facts so we can pretend like we're educating you. Go ahead and memorize those. And otherwise, uh, here's your curriculum where you will be taught to be good little slaves and and listen to authority all day. Even in the 80s, when I was in public school and barely escaped that ordeal intact, um, it didn't take me too long to realize that you know, the, the very first thing that you do in the morning is you participate in a, an indoctrination event where they go on the school announcement and they play a little bit of music and some patriotic shit. And then they display over the screens, the, the flag, or they have a flag in every, and then all of the students stand up in unison, like a bunch of brainwashed little automatons I pledge allegiance to the flag. I I don't know if they still do that in schools, but you know, I was taught that and I did it for a couple of years and then somewhere along the line I actually thought about the words that I was saying and went, "Wait, why why is this happening?" And you know what? I I was in 12th grade after more than a decade of doing that and the vast majority of the classroom was still doing that. That's what we get out of public education these days. And somewhere along the line, I turned uh, the discussion about Greta into a total rant against the public education system. And all I'm saying is that that's what cough medicine's doing to me right now. I was going to say you don't want you don't want to respect and uphold the whatever it is. I probably don't in. want to respect it. No, what <laughs> the republic for which. You are a part of that's what we're doing here on grumpy old Ben's. We're trying to uphold that because they don't teach you right. Critical thinking does not seem to be a part of a curriculum anymore. If it was, things would be a lot different. When you look at things like global warming, if critical thinking was part of the curriculum, people would be looking at this new Hulu documentary that's been following Greta from her very first school walk out and understand 
how astroturf this whole thing has to be. A random kid walking out of school on a random day. There were cameras there following this already. You know that what? this was all a part of a bigger bullshit plan put together by the usual suspects, the Soroses and Antifa and all this other crap. I, I mean, how can you not see that? We're, we're getting to the point, you know, if it was five, 10 years ago, then then, yeah, it was a setup if there was a camera watching. But I don't know if you've been in a school lately, but I think there's cameras always watching now. Well, not just those cameras, documentary cameras were following her already. Well, I think somebody was already starting to make a, uh, they were starting to make this, this little movie, this little documentary that's going to be coming out. It's only a matter of time before ubiquitous surveillance crashes headlong into the YouTube culture and every human being on the planet is going to have a full documentary team following them at all times during the day, just in case they later become somebody important. (laughs) They'll have that footage. This is my prediction. (laughs) There's a problem with your prediction, which is which is why I'm laughing at the concept of this, because what you just said was that everybody's going to have a documentary crew following them, which means if you have a documentary crew following you, there's going to be a guy with a camera, but he's also a guy. So there's going to be have to be another guy with a camera documenting this guy that's documenting you. Then There's going to have to be a guy documenting the guy who's documenting you. Well, welcome to the surveillance (laughs) society. It's cameras all the way down. In in fact, this is going to get to be a very confusing the, the jump cut kind of a thing, isn't it? The people, in fact, what we might end up doing is just creating loops where the people documenting you, uh, you you might be contracted to document them at the same time, and we'll just have people <laughs> following each other around with cameras watching. It'll be the ideal society. In fact, it'll be what Hollywood always thought that American society was. Kind of. And people, when you're out there and you see something going on that you figure out, you just have to pull out your camera and videotape it. Turn it to the side. I don't know why we still have to see videos on like news sites or YouTubes that is in the wrong uh, is in the wrong orientation. You, you, you to get are, a full you are screen. such an old geezer. Don't you realize that only old people still watch videos on a horizontal screen on their desktop? Everybody else watches no. it on the phone. I want to watch it on my CRT tube. I am waiting for this generation to get old enough to be as farsighted as as I have become. I hate fucking looking at my phone because it's too small. It is. But then again, I'm I'm one of those really crazy people that when I was when I went on vacation, I actually looked at the scenes through um, the the really wide panoramic of my eyes rather than staring through a phone screen to watch the sights. And yes, Dewadnium, I, I mean, I can't turn my monitor into portrait mode, but you know, that takes work. I have to like reach out, take the uh, webcam off the top of it, and uh, then I have to pull it up and turn it and all that. And that just doesn't work. You ever notice how you go out to a vacation spot now? And I, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm bringing back to this. Oh, what the, the last time, you know, I, I, I visit Hawaii occasionally because that's where my mom lives. And, and I mean, why the hell not? Uh, Free lodging. And good coffee. You you go down there and of course, you know, vacation sites galore. Um, But I get the same thing even in downtown Seattle because you get the the Asian tourist for whom this is like apparently the greatest vacation spot ever. It's like, oh God, the Space Needle. But every single person, you can always tell the tourists and they're the people who aren't 
looking at the sites. They're not looking at the city. You, you know, you go down to Hawaii and there's like this beautiful view off of the coast out into the ocean. And, and apparently the ocean is apparently really beautiful. It, it, I don't know. It's a bunch of water, but all of the people are not fucking looking at the ocean or the view or the space needle or anything interesting. They're staring at their phones that are pointed at this stuff. Like, yes. And this is not significantly different. You know, when I was a kid, my dad, my dad was one of those people who loved gadgets. Maybe that's where I got it. And he was not the kind of person who would go on vacation and look at shit. He always brought his camcorder. Uh, at least, you know, we were slightly limited because the camcorder only had 25 minutes of battery and the thing was the size of a suitcase. But he was the kind of person who had to film everything. And now, now we have these devices that we carry around with us where you don't have to look at your vacation. You don't have to see anything on vacation. You just make certain to document every moment of your vacation because then when you get home, you can put it on the big screen TV and show it to people who don't want to see it at Thanksgiving. And, and that's here, here was our vacation. Oh, look, I didn't even realize that there was a mountain there. Yes. Abel Kirby, you do have to pay extra when you want to film the hookers. I'm pretty sure that's part of the deal. I'm just guessing, but you're right. right. Everybody's seen with these new devices. Right. This is the new thing, which, which is why I stopped going to concerts. We've talked about that before because everybody because isn't looking hookers? at the stage, right? Because they're not looking at the stage. I mean, if there were hookers at the concert, I probably would be more likely to go, uh, but it just depends, you know, price and quality and all that. Like, you know, you're picking out a nice big slab of uh, beef at the, at the grocery store, but no, because everybody's looking at their, ca- their phone rather than the performer on stage. And I just can't take it. I just can't take it anymore. I'll just watch uh, videos on YouTube and that'll be even better or just the same as going and seeing it in person because everybody is documenting every little thing, which is why I always applaud the artists that are anti-phone, won't let you bring them out, will make you lock them up, will kick you out if you're caught with them and all of that kind of thing. But, you know, going along with vices, when you said all the Asian tourists, I went to Vegas a couple of times over the Christmas holiday, which was great. I mean, I, my parents went with, so it was a nice family vacation and like 90% of the people that were there because, you know, they don't do Christmas, I guess in China, that is why it was a very, very Asian influenced a crowd going on. And it's an interesting thing. They've got their devices. Yeah. They like and, to, uh, and, and with all these devices out there, the new adage is what happens in Vegas stays on Facebook. <laughs> That's right. There's nothing. That is that is private anymore. Vegas is the home. I mean, if we're talking hookers and blow, I mean, Vegas kind of, I guess, is the home of vice. I mean, you can't actually get prostitutes in Las Vegas. You have to go outside of the city limits. Not allowed. It's not legal in all of Nevada, just parts. But gambling is, I guess, something if you're talking about vices, you have to talk about gambling. And Vegas is the king, the home base of gambling, at least in the United States. And it's it's weird. Again, because we're old guys that we've grown up in a time where when we were kids, when people wanted to gamble legally, they had to go to Vegas or they had to go to Atlantic City. That is no longer the case. Is the Seattle area like Chicago where gambling is rampant now? Uh, Well, yes, gambling is rampant, but uh, casinos are not actually legal in the state of Washington. 
Um, however, we've talked about this before. There are uh, a large number of small enclaves all over the state uh, that are made up of, of quote unquote, sovereign nations of uh, Native American people who make their own rules and don't follow state law. And uh, one of the rules in true capitalist fashion is they've looked at this and said, oh, casinos aren't legal. Well, there's a business opportunity. So uh, there's a reservation only a few miles from here that has one of the largest casinos in the state to the point where our, our local uh, our local convention center and, and hockey rink is uh, uh, it, it used to be like the, the local event center. And now it's been renamed for the local casino because, you know, every every stadium has to have its naming rights. So the the reservation casino in a state where gambling is not legal uh, has bought naming rights for the local event center. That's beautiful. Yeah. See here in Illinois, they've gone all in on gambling, which is intriguing to me, bringing the vice home. No doubt about it, but there's always, they have the warning little stickers that are on there. Like, Oh, well, if you or a family member has a problem with gambling, please call whatever it is, gambling anonymous. And I guess that's the little part that they have to play. But here in the state of Illinois, it started with what they called the riverboat casinos, which meant you could have a casino if it wasn't on dry land, which was like, really? What's the difference if you just basically bring in a barge with a casino built on it and you have to walk across a little plank to go from, you know, land, dry land to maybe two inches of water, whatever these things were docked in. But that has since. Ben I, I can't help to the but think Lake Michigan is deeper than that. It is, but there were no actual casinos in Lake Michigan. They were more on like the little rivers, and uh, but that's our. It doesn't matter anymore because now you can actually have casinos on land, and not only can you have casinos on land, but you can have slot machines in a vast variety of establishments. I mean. Okay, I'd say a vast variety. I don't really see them in a, uh, you know, hair salons or stuff like that. You know, the barber doesn't have them yet, but places where food is being served, alcohol is being served. I was surprised the other day in our local little, uh, not paper or whatever you call it, now that it's digital only, but the website that has news for our little hamlet here was talking about the fact that in our little town here, there are, I think it was 88 slot machines. Most places have five, a few places have four in them. And the amount of money in this year from January to November that was put into the slot machines was like 25 million bucks. So the town was making some nice change on their, their little profit from that. But I just always have to wonder, um, again, seeing the difference growing up where gambling was seen to be, well, such a horrible thing, you know, this is, uh, you know, it has to be illegal. I mean, Vegas then came along and people saw, wait, they're making money there. Huh? We can, we can, we can tax this stuff. And of course that's where the government changes their mind. Well, yes. If, if, if they can get their, if they can get their VIG by uh, allowing commerce to happen and then stealing a portion of it, then that's even better than trying to, you know, because enforcement doesn't work anyway. So it's going to happen whether you allow it or not. So you might as well, you know, flex your muscles a little bit and be like, well, it'd be a shame if something happened to your legitimate business here. So 
you know, of course the government steals from that. You know, and I'm not 100% sure. I think you can gamble at 18, at least here in the state of Illinois. I don't know. Maybe the troll room can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that's another place where 18 is the age. So it's, again, really kind of bizarre. I mean, what do you oh, make see, of the fact? I, around here, I don't think that they bother to check your age. I think if you if you're, you know, if a little kid walks into the casino, they can start <laughs> plinking coins in a slot machine. Well, yeah, because they're not on they're not in the United States when you're on an Indian reservation. So there they can make their own rules. I, that's I guess that's the intriguing part. They don't have to uh, they don't have to follow the rules for anything. So, yeah, I mean, so I guess it's legal then for if you can go buy your cigarettes in the Indian, you know, maybe it's where a cop's going to start busting kids for having a pack of cigarettes. This is something that's clearly well, they've done that. You know, on the end of. It's on the end of you know making sure that the people selling them don't sell to the younger crowd. You know, booze kind of the same way. Although cops, if they catch you underage with booze, you know, you'll have a little bit of a problem. I, I just don't believe cops are going to go around like, oh, this kid's smoking. Uh, does he look 18? Well, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I mean, uh, most of law enforcement's efforts in, you know, especially like the the federal ATF department, most of their efforts tend to actually go against the the people selling it. The you know, when when you have a government agency that hires somebody who looks, you know, pretty close to the age limit and then they go in and just, you know, use all of their acting skills to try to buy these things without pay, without ID and then they'll report back and completely screw you. It's it's a ruse. It it, it would be uh, if. It's entrapment. Um, it is, it is totally, you know, trying to fake your way in, but that's really the only way that law enforcement can catch criminals these days is, is to try to only catch the dumb ones by misleading and lying. Yeah, kind of. And using them for their own uh, sting operations. And this is breaking news in the troll room available at noagendastream.com when we're doing the shows live Friday mornings again. 11 a.m. Central. Somebody send a news repairman. Yeah, DC girl with the breaking news. Kids can be a buzzkill. Who knew? Yes. Well, uh, a philosopher I once knew named Jack Handy told me that uh, the the face of a child can say a lot, especially the mouth part of the face. That's deep. Yep. But explain to me then why, when it's legal to gamble. When it's you're, you're legal, anybody can have sex with you once you turn 18. That's the age of consent, although there are some places that are less in the do, United States. Do I get States, a say 18, in that? The maximum. Anybody? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I, you could just go. I mean, that, that leads to different laws that you would be infringing upon. I, but, anybody can have sex with you. What? Okay. Uh, she's 18. Anybody can have sex with her now. What? <laughs> Does, open she, up the floodgates i don't think you like the way that's worded I, i'm, I'm like, a little I concerned about the implications of following that advice sir Bembro, i i imagine an 18 year old sir bemrose just standing up and saying i'm 18 now who wants in yeah well i mean you know that's that's Anyone? how it actually worked with me because i was such a stud but oh yeah there were lines i'm sure i mean you got countless card and phone call about your availability yeah, there, there were lines at the exits. <laughs> like Dean Martin says, yeah, but, you know, oh, yeah, whatever the hot blonde, I had a hot blonde up in my room last night. Uh, you know, she kept banging on my door. I wasn't going to let her out. 
You know, I mean, those are the kind of things <laughs> yep. he used to be able to joke about. Not anymore. But okay, explain to me then. 18 is legal to gamble. 18 is legal to uh, smoke pot too, right? That's I think that's the same. Or is that a 21? Um, correct me if I'm wrong uh, on that one too. But in Washington, pot is 21. Okay. The, the, so why is why are cigarettes being pushed back up to 21? If uh, cigarettes have been 18 forever, well, they, because the the busybody statists actually want to ban cigarettes entirely, but the tobacco lobby is a little too strong for that, and uh, they can't get the support of old government because the the state budgets these days are way too well funded by uh tobacco taxes um so if you actually stop tobacco entirely then you lose a significant revenue stream and so you know the bureaucrats aren't on board uh the the tobacco lobby's not on board and they're very powerful and of course the people aren't really on board because most of them even when they've been brainwashed to do whatever the state says are still like, yeah, but I should be able to do this. So it's, it's an uphill battle for, for the, the busy bodies who want to control everybody else's lives, but that doesn't mean they're not up for the task. They're, they're certainly but, fighting but for here, it. But what I don't understand, I'm going to break your brain here. Cause I think you're contradicting yourself here. One, you're saying they are raising the age of 21 because they don't want anybody to smoke. But you're saying this is where the government's making their money on taxes. So the only reason they don't want people to smoke is because they care about the people. And you've been very clear that politicians never care about people. So why are they raising the age of smoking? I don't get it. Well, well, okay. First of all, um, let let us not fall into the stock trap that that is so easy to fall into of taking any particular group and assuming that it's uniform and everybody in the group is exactly the same. Uh, there are, in fact, some people who think that they are doing right by people by restricting their rights. And uh, these they, they are misguided to think that, but th- there are actually folks out there who feel like they're helping people. Um, the, the most established people in government tend to only be in it for the power, because if you're not, then eventually you get sick of it and leave. And then there's also the ones who are like, well, you know, we have to ban tobacco because my vape pens get more valuable than, you know, and I have stock because right, I have because I have stock in so, the vape company. I mean, greed is absolutely uh, a motivator for a lot of people. Well, it's an interesting thing because there are a lot of laws based around the various vices that people have. There's no question about that. And this is just yet another case of that. And these these random ages of 18 and 21 and, you know, wanting to worry about these kind of things. I mean, I just I guess I will never understand why. I mean, I, I, I understand why they do it. I understand why they come up with the laws because they have to have something on the books. But, you know, I don't know. The, there's a lot of com- there's a lot of countries where, you know, kids are drinking wine. I mean, not being winos, hopefully, but, you know, from a very young age at the dinner table. Because it's not illegal, and okay, here's a little you know, know, little how, Johnny how can have Dvorak? a. <laughs> John C. Dvorak is in his sixties somewhere, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's so, a good uh, age to start drinking wine, or uh, to, to, uh, to to be a wine. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure where I was going with that. I know you're on the cold meds, which is an, for some people that's another vice. People yeah, like to spe- pop those. Speaking things. of breaking my mind, yeah. 
It's I'm yeah. That's breaking your the cold meds the, broke the, your mind. These drugs well, are these drugs are technically legal, but they're messing up my mind a lot more than some of the illegal ones would. <laughs> I've got well, I've got a question for you, and I would like the troll room to answer for you, not for themselves. Um, the question is to Sir Bemrose: At what age, looking back now, do you feel like you went from child to adult? If you had to pick one age, and everybody in the troll room, what age do you think Sir Bemrose went from child to adult? Maybe I bet see if there's a different number. Do, do you want or, me to answer or, yet, that, or, or wait for the trolls? No, go ahead. I mean, what do you think? Was there a point where you went like? Oh, I'm no the, longer a kid anymore. I feel different. Five, I feel like I've matured enough. Has that happened yet? Five, six. Yeah, Progo oh, says hey, seven. Well, see, now I, <laughs> <laughs> so you figured that seven, you were pretty much ready to take over the world. Huh? I, I mean, by, by 10, I was telling my parents that, you know, I, I needed to be out on my own and, and uh, responsible for myself. Not that I wanted to, you know, move out from underneath their house because, hey, free rent. but. Uh, uh, definitely uh yeah I, I darth radar just nailed it sir bemrose was born grumpy and old I, i'm not gonna argue that point um, and if, there are, if you ask my mom that- she has actually used the phrase that ryan was born 40 <laughs> well it seems that you would be ready much earlier and which is why again just proves the point that having these random numbers doesn't make sense to where one day it's not legal and the next day it is, which is one of the biggest problems I have with all age based laws. I mean, for the longest time, um, I mean, I remember, you know, seeing the joke, uh, seeing the memes at the time, which were like the cartoons, you know, in Playboy magazine with the guy sitting in the front seat of the car reading a newspaper. And there's a hot girl in the back and the cop is at the door, you know, with the window like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, she's 18 at midnight. You know, this was. uh you know, that magical thing that, oh, if you do something five minutes earlier, it's a felony. Five minutes later, it's legal. And there's there has to be some wiggle room with any of that and not just for no, the these, you know, age of are, consent laws, but for the, drinking. These are and, laws which are specifically designed to allow unthinking people to apply zero tolerance policies. There doesn't have to be any wiggle room. But you're not going to get any well, argument from me because, like I said earlier, I'm. I'm generally of the opinion that that when you know when somebody decides that they are old enough to be responsible for themselves, well then, goddamn it, they are. And if they make bad decisions, then they need to fucking own those bad decisions. Which might be the part of the lesson that the millennials aren't really getting, because I'm seeing a lot of people at 25 and 30 who are making some monumentally bad decisions and then deciding that the rest of us need to pay for it. And that's really not how these things work. But yeah, if, if you have decided that you're old enough now, if we, if you have a functional family unit who are actually nurturing and doing a good job and not just exploiting you for political activism, then, uh, your parents are going to have a lot of say in whether or not you're ready. And if your parents are good, then you're going to have a consensus and not just an argument about it. But yeah, um, I mean, once somebody reaches the point where they're they say, you know, I really should be responsible for myself, then they're making the decisions that prove that they're responsible for themselves. And, you know, part of being responsible for yourself is you start making decisions for yourself and you start owning the, re- the results of those decisions. 
which might be that you're out on your own. It might be that you're moving out of your parents' basement, whether you're 18 or you're 34. And it might be that you're moving back into your parents' basement because <laughs> your first startup failed and you, or you, you know, took, you took your inheritance and you smoked it away or maybe, I don't know. There's, Probably. there's a lot of results of, of decisions that, that people need to start owning. And if people took more personal responsibility, if we taught personal responsibility, if we rewarded personal responsibility and made people responsible for their own selves in this country, then I think that our society would be a whole lot better off. Well, yeah, and the black and white numbers don't make sense. I remember a few times growing up, there were big stories about kids that wanted to emancipate themselves from their parents. And as a kid, you're like, hey, that would be great, man. You know, if you have a way to pay the bills, like you said, having a play, having that roof over your head and meals being made and your laundry being cleaned is really helpful for a 12, 14, 15, 18 year old person, I guess. Uh, but at some point you have to decide you want to be responsible. But the concept of somebody say at 16 being legally emancipated from their parents, well, that should kind of give them a uh, not get out of jail free card, but it should give them the card to be able to drink smoke and do whatever the hell they want because if a court said you're ready to be on your own then damn it you're an adult right um well if you uh if you apply the appropriate level of authority to the court then sure which you don't i know i mean who do you give authority to besides sir ryan bemrose um well for for any issues that directly affect sir ryan bemrose um, Sir Ryan Bemrose should be the ultimate authority. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Well, no, that's not true. D Dame Bemrose would be the ultimate authority, but I'm, I'm pretty high up there. <laughs> You're at least on the list. <laughs> yeah. Fletcher nailed it. <laughs> yes. I, I, yes, people should be responsible for themselves. Um, you know, we, we are born into a society, whether we accept it or not. Uh, where uh, authority is given to people with guns who then appoint court people who then pretend to be impartial and all in all tend to be more so than not in, in at least today's society, but aren't always. And yeah, uh, you can use them as, as a proxy arbiters for disputes, but no, I don't give blanket authority to anybody. Um, you know, the the authority of the government flows from the barrel of a gun. And if uh, ultimately, you know, I'm I, I don't want to get shot, so I'm probably going to <laughs> put up with their bullshit. But no, that doesn't mean I have to respect it. <laughs> and I'm curious, do you think that there are any drugs? I'm going to ask this question, too. Yes, too. yes, we I do think there are drugs. Thank you. I'm glad you acknowledge the fact that they exist. We do have Sir John Fletcher and Lady Carolyn Blaney, the two hosts of the Hog Story, which the podcast, which, you know, there, there's some, uh, I believe, some uh, marijuana being smoked there. And uh, I just want to know, do you think that drugs overall, are there any drugs that shouldn't be legal? I mean, we're talking about hookers and blow. I mean, we know marijuana is becoming much more uh, de legalized or well no legalized the delegalization um making them legal no that's the opposite but you know they're legal now in a lot of places uh, are there any drugs that should be 
illegal still, or should this just be everybody is responsible for themselves? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> everybody. So it, it's what are you a narc? No, no. I'm just looking <laughs> to score, man. You go down, get an eight ball down on the uh, south side of Chirac uh, with I, a, with a couple of 38 specials. I mean, you know, there's so many ways I can pick apart that question. Uh, You know, one of them is, is the phrase legal Um, in order to decide should something be legal? What you're really asking is, uh, should people be incarcerated, have their freedoms taken away and potentially get killed uh, or, or, you know, should violence be used to stop somebody from doing something? Um, No, that seems like a waste of effort. Uh, if, especially since the most damaging of the drugs are the ones that, uh, the, the consequences of the drug are far worse than the consequences of, of what the people with guns are going to do anyway. Um, you know, drugs will fuck up your life even more than, than a drug conviction in a lot of cases. Uh, and in the cases where a drug conviction is worse then maybe we should just let people do the drugs. Um, right. Well, again, that's the libertarian view. Yeah, again, I'm, if you're I'm, not, if you're not harming somebody yeah. else. I'm clearly also talking, you know, you keep asking, what do I believe? Well, you know, right now, I I believe (laughs) that the rainbows floating around my living room are, uh, you know, shiny and and fluffy and full of color. But the you got the good cough syrup. (laughs) That might be the cough syrup talking. Uh, You know, what what do you believe is is a question which basically what you're asking is uh, you're you're trying to get details on my personal you know, dream no, no, world, I'm, my utopia, the the kind of place that I think should exist, but probably won't because the world is full of busybodies who want to run your life, whether or not they have any right to do so. So I, I'm Lady not Caroline sure that it helps anyway. That the legalization has actually made it more criminal than ever, which is one of those things without explanation that might hurt your brain, but it's still illegal to buy from unlicensed sources. So, I mean, the whole pot thing is, uh, it's a little bit more complex. Uh, and when it comes down to drugs, I, I just go back to uh, Todd Snyder, one of my favorite uh, folk singers, who goes on with, uh, you know, people still dig drugs, but, you know, it's not so much what you're strung out on as who's <laughs> they want you to be. They want you to be on the right drugs. And uh, I sure. think that's the bottom line, which is the scary part. The, when the, it comes to yeah, the legalization, the when it comes to, to the, the government that they get taxes from. Yeah, right. It's not what you're strung out on so much as who's that piss them off. And, uh, you know, that is, that just seems wrong to me. And, you know, I do believe that there has to be a line in there somewhere. And I just don't understand again, living in a society that will raise up somebody like a Greta Thunberg from age 14 or whatever she was when she started as somebody that is mature enough, intelligent enough. So well put together that she could stand in front of the world leaders at the United Nations. But then we'll turn around and go, well, no, she can't have sex. No, she can't buy alcohol. No, she can't smoke. No, she can't have marijuana. Uh, So what is it? There's there's certainly an argument to be made about the actual maturity level necessary to stand up and talk to those yahoos. (laughs) Well, I don't, yeah, I, that can be made. But again, to me, it all comes down to the hypocrisy and the complete lack of logic. And there's a lot of laws that I don't agree with that I can at least understand the logic behind them. 
But when you when you stop seeing any logic behind things, then it becomes a lot harder to deal with. Well, especially with all of this vice legislation, it, it's a lot easier to see the logic behind even stupid laws once you you think. You, so one of the worst artifacts of the education system is uh, a respect for the law and uh, an unthinking obedience to the the government as an, an all good thing and i'm i'm not going to sit here and tell you the government is bad without any proof i mean it is but uh i would prefer that you come to that conclusion on your own the only thing that i will tell you is the government is not some higher power the government is not uh you know in in today's increasingly secular society people are placing the government on the same pedestal that they used to place god and uh, that's not right. What the government is made up of is people. And if you want to make sense of of drug laws, if you want to make sense of of stupid laws, if you want to make sense of anything that is a law that says that you are only able to walk your crocodile between the hours of three and five a.m., uh, you know, on city streets, um, those will always make sense. If you understand and acknowledge that government is not a, a single entity, government is made up of a large number of people, all of whom have their own personal motivations, all of whom are after their own things. Uh, their interests may or may not align with yours, but usually probably not because interests are varied enough that the chance that any two peoples are the same is pretty low. And so. Why was this law passed? Well, because the person who was charismatic enough to convince enough people uh, got something out of it. That That is ultimately the reason for every single law out there is that somebody with something to gain was charismatic enough to convince enough people and got the thing passed for themselves. And even when the person is not around, the laws stick by, which is is one of the real problems with laws these days. because. They don't ever expire. But Darth Raider wants to know if he's supposed to come up with his own conclusions and why the hell is he listening to you? Well, because I'm telling you which conclusions that you're supposed to come up with on your own. <laughs> just nudging. I thought him that was clear. In that direction. You, yeah, you need nudging. Him. You need to come up with your own conclusions. And if they don't match the ones that I'm telling you, then they're wrong. And you need to come up with them again. Then you could vote again, come up with new conclusions, yeah. and then see if you well, can get a you Brexit. Vote, yeah, vote again until you get the result I want is the European way. Now, I'm curious, because you brought up the Pledge of Allegiance, and it, it just kind of hit my mind that there were a bunch of these schools that had walkouts to protest the gun laws of the United States. Were, were they, did they pledge allegiance to the flag right before they went out and then... Like, well, no, what, totally. No, what, the, the, the people uh, who walked out had clearly pledged allegiance to the their teachers who were being activists, not even the teachers, the 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 activists who came in and said, hey, who wants to not be in class right now? Great. Then come out here and be our political puns. Well, it went beyond that I mean, for a while, the, just because of the, the fact the vast, that there were conservative groups that make, came out. That no kids mistake, went, the, I want to go and I want to go and have a walkout for. Anti-abortion and the schools went. Uh, uh-uh. 
where they were all like, oh, you want to go anti-gun? Well, oh, sure. go, well, go ahead. Sure. Go out and the, protest. I mean, it's it's the, the school administrators are ultimately the ones who get to decide whether or not something is valid to walk out. So if they say, you know, oh, yeah, climate change, that's important. Oh, abortion. No, uh, that's not important. You know, oh, uh, immigration. Sorry, you know, we we were too busy and and it's way too important to educate these people because you again, the kids are being abused. You can't blame the kids for, you know, the the choice made up by the kids is a pretty straightforward one. Uh, you can either sit here and listen to another boring lecture or you can go out and, and chant this thing that I tell you to like, well, yes, fuck. Yeah, I'll take a day off of school. Right. Um, Which is why it's always fun, even though it's it's just beating your head up against the wall. Activist administrators. Somebody goes out and asks those kids what they're doing out there. And what are they what are they protesting for? And they're just like, uh, who cares? I don't know. Right. That's kind of it. I I mean, I'm out of class, man. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if if my options are uh, I have to go to school or I can be out here, then. Yeah, that's a that's a dumb question. Of course, I don't want to be in school. <laughs> I'm trying to be an activist and, and we, do something for the planet. And, and the, the more unpleasant we make the school for the kids because we're completely destroying their little minds. And, you know, the, when when a child is first born, their mind is open to all these new experiences. And then we just sit there and hammer down this crap in them. That's how we destroy humans. We're doing it. We got to. We're very, very good at it as a society, too. It's, it's destroying the hopes and dreams of people and just turning them into automatons. Well, that's it. I mean, it's the concept that difference. I mean, it's it's weird because I think we live at a time where some people are out there wanting to um, glorify the differences amongst people, and rightfully so. I mean, I think that is the the better way to go about it. But at the same time, want everybody to fall in. And these are oftentimes the same people that want to be able to say that their gender is a you know full-blooded unicorn. But then they want socialism so everybody can get paid and do the same things. So I don't know. It's either what's good, well, I don't, variety. I don't think there's any benefit in, in glorifying the differences between people. They're, they're just differences. I think, uh, you know, the... The thing that deserves glory is the individualism of people. If you know each yes. each person is is a good whole unit, um, saying that a person is is good only because they're different from somebody in something superficial like skin color or or their uh, sex organs is does just like celebrate the individual, not be in a socialist concept where everybody is pretty much like you said part of the. Uh, well, the no, drone. So, socialism you know, is the same. Socialism is applied collectivism, which is basically the opposite of celebrating the individual. Correct. But there are people that are for both. So it's that's where I kind of get a breakdown on that when they're like, yes, yeah, yeah, I want to be a third of a full blooded unicorn. I, that's who I represent as. But then, oh, I, I hate capitalism and I think socialism should be the way everything goes. Well, I, I believe like I've, I said, I, I believe I've made the point before that, uh, you know, the the unifying the the transgender especially uh do not really belong in the category of of leftists in so much as leftism is is defined by collectivist tendencies because the the people the lgbtqa the the alphabet people as dave chappelle calls them i like that term lots of letters um they are 
they are a, living the ultimate expression of their individual is trying to decide that you do not fit into a gender category and making up your own is the ultimate expression of individualism and the idea of trying to set your identity as a unique snowflake is the opposite of collectivism and i think it's one of the reasons why uh, you don't see you know the the only cohesive connection between those groups is uh you know we're trying to highlight marginalized people in order to unify them against the majority and the it's the reason why uh every time that the 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 left starts to get critical mass it starts to tear itself apart because you are trying to unify a bunch of groups that are have nothing to do with each other uh, because the only thing they have to do with each other is we're all minorities. So the moment that you're not minorities, then you then by your ideology, you have to break up into small groups again and start fighting amongst each other. That's pretty much required by the ideology. And I don't know I what I'm talking about. Well, that, that this is episode 41. You haven't known what you were talking about since like episode two. But I think Sir Net Ned has eloquently stated the whole problem with this uh with this generation which is they don't want to fit in but they want everyone to accept them and i think that that pretty much is it that's kind of the rally cry isn't it we want to fit in but we don't want to be like anybody else so um i mean no if if you wanted to fit in you would be like everybody else what what they which is why it's confusing what, what what they want is to do their own thing and have everybody behave in a way that they like and that applauds them for doing I what mean, they're that's, doing that's why the the laws around transgender programs or you know pronouns are so problematic is that effectively a a transgender activist and 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 I say activist because I'm making the distinction between somebody who actually genuinely does want to be a gender. They just want to be the other gender. Um, a, a transgender activist is is the kind of person who is trying to force people to behave a certain way. And it's it's one of the first real activisms that we've seen where it, you are not just trying to decide something for yourself or for your group but you're trying to force behavior and speech patterns on everybody else which is why it's a real problem right you know that that very concept is what turned jordan peterson into the the pariah and full you know nationally uh, internationally realized philosopher that he is he would have been nothing but a teacher except that he spoke up against people trying to force his language. Which is a big deal. I saw a story yesterday, which kind of blew my mind in a way, and it didn't in the other, that uh, Whitney Cummings, I don't you know who Whitney Cummings is, comedian? Um, that uh, Refresh she me. She was one of the people, she was one of the creators, well, she had her own show briefly, she was also one of the creators of the uh, Two Broke Girls. She is also a writer is, or involved is that like with the two production. Girls, one cup? kind of okay. on the Roseanne reboot. It was not, I believe this was from the Roseanne reboot that at the end of the season, whatever it was at the end of their shooting, you know, she left and just said, Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. And 
came back with these same people like it was like five or six months later and she was called into hr and was told that somebody on the staff really had a problem with her saying merry christmas well because five or six months later it wasn't christmas anymore and therefore that was inappropriate (laughs) well they were mad at the time (laughs) and you know her point was well look I don't have a relationship with this person. It was like, you know, I don't know if it was an intern or whoever working on. She's like, uh, you're not going to know everybody's religious belief. If you walk up, you know, if somebody's a transgender, if the surgery was done really well, or if they just have that, you know, there's a lot of times you won't know, you know, or you, you know, again, you may say, think they're a man and they're a woman and they may look like a woman and they're a man. And then you may say something wrong. You know, somebody's, you know, if you're more of that androgynous look, somebody may accidentally say sir or ma'am when it should be the other way, which I guess is why everybody should just be they now. But she's like, well, I don't know anything about these people enough to to know what their religious you know, viewpoints are and that this was going to offend them. And if you're saying this to a group, this is where we really start getting into insanity. That's something that has been a courteous <laughs> greeting to people around the holidays just saying merry christmas now that people are going to turn this around and say they're offended by it to the point to where they're going to go to hr that there's no real sane way to deal with this well there, there the only is. answer comes down to stop saying everything uh, there, stop saying anything don't no, talk to anybody ever again there, there is a sane reasonable way to deal with this which is suck it up snowflake you fucking deal with it. Get over it. Just stop whining about stupid shit and stop trying to get people in trouble. And also, uh, the only the only rational policy position that you can. It, the only rational policy position that a society or group can take is freedom of speech. You you have to allow people to say things. The the only other the only other internally consistent method is a, a total authoritarianism where everybody is fully controlled and then you're not dealing with humans anymore and also it doesn't work and I, i'm telling you i think suck it up snowflake has to be the cold opener for today's show congratulations sir bamrose for once again epitomizing what the show's about suck it up snowflake well, I once upon a time, the, the, the show was about vice. Um, well, yeah, in, in particular, snow. there was, you know, hookers and uh, and drugs and, well, yeah. and snowflakes. Don't you remember there was a shirt at what was it? Walmart or Target that they had to take it down because it was like Santa with a bunch of lines of Coke on a table in front of them. And it was something about snow. Uh, yeah, it, it, it all comes around. Well, OK, don't worry. I'll, I'll just summarize my position on on snowflakes in general. And that is that uh the decision to become offended is your choice uh if if i have offended you um it wasn't you know whether if if i say a thing then whether or not you become offended is not in my control it is in your control and therefore you are the one who controls whether or not you're offended uh you know for example if i uh, if I come on to a woman on the street and make flirting noises at them, then whether that is offensive or not depends entirely on whether I'm a four or a seven. Because as Eliza Schlesinger says, you know, if if it's hot, it's just flirting. Otherwise, it's sexual 
uh, sexual assault or, you know, so the, the decision of whether or not something is going to be offensive is on the receiving party's end. And therefore there is no consistent policy that can be applied for anybody to be able to function in society correctly unless the policy is stop being offended by stupid shit. I agree. Uh, you know, and that is, you're right. You can only be offended if you choose to be offended. Somebody's saying something to you. They have no control over whether that's going to offend you or not. It's an, it's an intriguing thing because the, the, uh, the whole sociological thing surrounding this is there's nothing really worse. Now, if you see somebody, whether, you know, I, does, I guess it doesn't matter if this is a road, road rage incident with somebody that you've never met before, or if this is a family member that you're running into at a holiday gathering, there's nothing worse to somebody that is trying to push your button. You know, so if I'm trying to piss you off and I'm just like, oh, Ryan, you're just a fucking blowhard know-it-all. And you laugh and say, yeah, tell me something I don't know. The person that tells you that was trying to get you upset now gets triggered because you're not triggered by them trying to trigger you. I'm, I'm offended by your failed attempt to offend me. <laughs> yes, that is. That's another T-shirt I want. <laughs> I'm offended <laughs> by your failed attempt to offend me. That is. Uh, yeah, you're, you are in control of your reaction. That is the bottom line. And when it comes to all the different vices that we've been talking about, the same thing, as long as your behavior while engaging with said devices is something that's not hurting anybody else. So, I mean, if you're smoking, I mean, hey, you know, I, I do get not wanting to be around people that are smoking. And I do get the, the legislation that says, since we know that cigarette smoke is dangerous, at least that's what the science appears to say. I don't know if it, maybe it's like global warming science, well, I, but. I, that, I, I, that appears to be a little more. I have, I have a little personal more evidence that uh, that cigarette smoke is dangerous. I was a secondhand chain smoker for my first 19 years, and then I moved out of my parents' house. And uh, let me tell you, my lungs are a little fucked up right now. Uh, so it makes sense. So, so I, I'm behind I, that. I at least now, now obviously come to your own conclusions, but the conclusion I've come to is that I don't like cigarettes. Um, and I... You know, that's that's a weird thing um, we had in, uh, I want to say 2014, there was actually an initiative um, that was a practically it, it banned smoking in all indoor spaces in the entire state of Washington. Uh, and, right, same here. And I was highly against that initiative because of the the trampling of individual rights and uh, my my parents who who both smoked indoors my entire youth and uh, and and trust me if you've if you've no, listened to me at all over the last forty one episodes um, you probably realize that I'm not the kind of person to uh, to see something that I don't like and then stay quiet about it so um, my parents thought I was probably the most annoying creature ever because I would not shut up about them smoking to the point where I was occasionally punished for speaking out against it. Um, I, I was, I was extremely anti-smoking. Um, I, I hated it. I I've never had a cigarette in my mouth in my life and I probably won't. Um, but at the same time, um, if, if a bar owner wants to allow smoking in their bar, 
and smokers want to go in that bar and have a place to smoke, then as a non-smoker, I won't go in that bar. Done. Problem right. solved. Now, the when when we were kids, and this is you know up until almost up until this initiative passed, um, there were a lot of places that had a, a smoking section of a restaurant, and and having a smoking section in a restaurant is kind of like having a peeing section in a pool. Uh, it, the, the, <laughs> the smell gets across there, but at the same time, you know, if the the market will resolve things like this. There were lots of restaurants that had smoking allowed and there were restaurants where it's, they just said, you're not allowed to smoke in the restaurant and guess which ones I like to spend my time in as a non-smoker. I didn't want to go in the smoking restaurants. And you know, as, as people stopped smoking, as, as more and more people decided to not be smokers, more and more places would realize that they're cutting themselves off from the larger pool of non-smokers and the market would work this out and having the state come in and say, no, nobody is allowed to smoke anywhere. You know, I, I, I was never going to admit this to either of my parents whom I gave endless shit their entire life, my entire life about their smoking because I, you know, I wanted to make sure they were complete pariahs about it because I'm a dick that way. Um, I, I would, you're a dick in a lot of ways to I, I be fair I would never admit this to my parents but I actually kind of felt bad for smokers suddenly becoming the the you know the the pariah class saying you know right. you are no longer in fact the according to the law uh, technically uh, you're not allowed to smoke inside your own home but of course fortunately that's not actually enforced anywhere um, and my parents continued to smoke like chimneys in their house. Um, but you know, nobody smokes in my house. In fact, even my parents, they came over to my house and I'd be like, Hey, how's it going? And then they'd go out in the deck and smoke. And you know what? I'm fine with that. It's outside, whatever. Mm. Right. And you can't really legislate that. Although if you're in a homeowner's association, like we were for a few years when we were in a townhouse. Then, yeah, I mean, if the guy next door was out smoking on his patio, damn right, you're getting it on yours. You know, we're and, getting uh, pretty late in this podcast for me to start in on a rant about against homeowners associations. <laughs> there, there's probably a whole episode on it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of those two where you couldn't smoke in the house because it would carry um, just just a couple observations. One is, according to people that know what they're talking about marijuana is completely different so they were talking about this in chicago i don't know if this has happened yeah, yet because yeah. this is just, just going just legal. having to having to deal with marijuana smoke nearby is actually worse than tobacco yes well if you're again if you're trying to avoid it for different reasons yeah you know well, the, i mean this, it's well, a, i'm uh, just saying the smell is more acrid yes i mean if it's especially if it ain't good if it's some skunky weed i mean if you want to if you want to know about all the skunk weed make sure to hit up john fletcher at hugstory.net he can let you know what to avoid carolyn blaney if you're up in canadiaville all of that in the smoker you know that they're not making pork but the legalities and i think it's just going they, they uh, it, it must be january 1st pork and weed can be a great combination be. i'm told really i don't know i mean i guess I'm you guessing. could probably you know you could probably marinate that uh pig in the in the marijuana well, it's you not know, called the, a smoker for nothing that is the truth so as of january 1st i believe when this comes legal in illinois the laws, current laws, I don't believe restrict people from smoking weed in public places, only cigarettes. So they're saying bars may be able to allow 
marijuana smoking. So that's going to be interesting. The other end is going to Vegas. You can tell where it's still legal to smoke inside because, you know, casinos. The interesting thing to me was when you went into the lower rent, for lack of a better word, casinos, the smell of smoke was prevalent in the air. But if you went in to one of the higher end, like the Venetian, I think when we went in there into their casino, there were people smoking, but they must have the best damn air purifiers going on high 24 seven. Yeah, because I mean, you you get the high ceilings with the industrial HVAC that like exchanges all the air in the casino every three minutes or something. Yeah. Oh, I've seen those. And they work because I was surprised. Like, uh, so if you're not sitting literally next to somebody that's smoking, you're probably not going to actually, you're not going to be bothered. I I was, I don't remember which airport I was at uh, some years ago where they had a, a smoking lounge in an airport, which was, there was like a little airlock door that you went through. And then there was a room, maybe 20 by 20 that had a bunch of benches and it was just a smoking room and people go in there and smoke. And then the ceiling, like the entire ceiling was one giant vent where they just sucked (laughs) all of the air. Uh, And, and the funny thing is you could stand outside right next to the airlock. You could not, I mean, like you could smell a whiff of it on the clothes of the people who walked out, but you were not, getting cigarette smoke i'm like you know the the technology is there to simulate the outside okay you know there's a surprise (laughs) yes and i yeah negative air pressure if you have that fan yeah and an exhaust fan will pull that air so if you're standing outside you're never getting the air from that room i mean like you know smoking in a wind tunnel okay (laughs) if if people are into that sort of thing i can't I can only imagine like with the fans pulling that much. I mean, people like you walk in there, your ears start popping, but you know, you're right. You have to, you have to, you have to buckle yourself anything in for your nicotine <laughs> fix, I guess. Yes. Sit down, buckle yourself in and then smoke up as the air is sucked out of the room. Like, like you you're, know, uh, you, are, are you old enough to remember being on a plane when people could smoke on the plane? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, and then somewhere along the line, they were like, yeah, the smoking section on the plane is, um, is out on the wing, right? Because that's the only, I mean, you're in a sealed metal tube who didn't have the ability yet to, to filter the air the way they need to. And they still don't, um, which is why everybody always gets sick when you go on planes. And it didn't matter if there was like one guy smoking in the last seat that the whole plane was going to eventually smell because you're not dealing with that much, oh, yeah. uh, that much cubic air and, but the technology and is I, getting better. And I remember so. people smoking on play. I was, it was, it only happened when I was really little. Cause I was still young when, when that was banned. But I, I got to admit, I, I wasn't terribly bothered by it on planes, probably because it just met the inside of the airplane smelled like the house I was living in. But that <laughs> right, might be, you feel like home. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, you yeah, like my, I'm, my eyes are watering and I'm sniffling and coughing. This is totally normal. So is that like the smell of Christmas for you? Just nicotine and, uh, and what, what's the, like scotch or and bourbon? Christmas what's the, uh, every holiday, every day, every holiday, every day. Uh, you just kind of get homesick when you get, when you catch a whiff of that homesick. Nah, I, I hated that play. I really grumble, grumble, grumble. No, wait, actually, you know, the, I, I feel like as a podcaster, I actually, uh, I was stifled by having a good upbringing. And uh, for that, I blame my parents, <laughs> because if, if I'd had a really shitty upbringing, then I might have a lot more to complain about. 
Right. We haven't found that yet, though. So, I mean, we'll, we'll eventually we'll get to a hot button trigger and you'll probably just go off. That's just my guess. You, you had way too stable of a childhood. There's no doubt about that. And, and you really, do you have any vices now? I mean, you said you don't have any. So uh, would you, do you have anything that you consider a vice? Is there anything that you podcasting. do I mean, that you would talk about publicly? Okay. Podcasting is, is that the thing you're trying to well, kick? The, podcasting is a vice. There's a lot of people who just don't know when to quit and they really should. Well, you're only 41 episodes in, so you got plenty yes. of time to, uh, and, and I think, oh, and, and here's you know, a question. I, what, uh, what, what was the name? They talked about it on hog story, uh, a while back. What was the name of when, when you're doing the episode number, that's your age, I believe Carolyn and golden, golden, was yeah, it the golden, the golden episode, shower yes. episode. No, right. I think just golden. Okay. I don't think you have to shower yourself except with compliments. Okay. Well, I was just wondering. No reason. Is that today? No. Is that today for you? It's not today. It is, isn't it? It is not. Wow, forty-one. You're old. I know. But Congratulations on reaching forty-one. But you you don't age anymore because you no your birthday no. My last and, birthday was twenty-nine. You know, and that was I, your I, anniversary. I actually, yeah. So once I, you get, I had a an ingenious plan to. Uh, I, I stopped aging after 29 because the last time that I had a birthday was my 29th. And the reason is that I got married on my 30th birthday and therefore I'm not allowed to have any more birthdays ever again. And, uh, it's, it's ingenious. It's like the fountain of youth. That is awesome. And I do feel like we've done a disservice because, uh, old norm in the troll room is questioning if hog stories only weed references. No, that's, it's much more than that. It's references about everything yeah. while under the influence of it's, weed. Yeah. Co- completely different. Well, and, and there's also PCP references from that one dude who calls in. <laughs> Buford T. Yeah. He's a hog story treasure, man. He really, he, he goes after you. He needles you almost as much as I do. So yeah. I don't know what you did to poor. I mean, the guy's kind of a dick. Buford. Maybe that's why I like him. He is, but that's why he's funny. He's out of control. I mean, in the you know, hog story is a lot more than weed references. For example, they have that hoe over there. There's a lot of soundboard play. Yeah. Uh, there's some good music. Carolyn at the beginning of every show has put a track together, some instrumental stuff. Why don't you sing Carolyn? I mean, I want to know why don't you, why are there are no vocals to any of these, but there's a lot of cool stuff. It's a hangout oh. podcast where people get together. They enjoy some conversation. We put a tech guys spin on things and, uh, and Carolyn and Fletcher put their own spin on things. That's right. what makes podcasting go around. Nick the Rat puts his own spin on things. Right. Everybody right uses now, their just, own experience. My, my spin is is I'm completely high and talking about drugs. So, well, then why aren't you on Hog Story? You're doing the wrong because podcast it's, right because now. it's Friday, and I probably won't will be over this before Monday. Unfortunately, you hope. Uh, we want you to have a good Christmas. I mean, do you do that? So getting big family gatherings or you what, just get high? a, uh, <laughs> no Christmas. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, if you want to talk about that, <laughs> you, I don't know what Christmas high? in the Bemrose household is like. <laughs> do you get high for big family gatherings? I mean, who doesn't? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is, I mean, we picked up a bottle the other day and I'm not a big bourbon drinker, but I saw a bottle on sale at the local Miger. And it was for Rebel Yell Whiskey, which I don't recall ever seeing before in person. And maybe I haven't just blocked it out. But the story behind Rebel Yell, the song by Billy Idol, 
was that he was drinking with the Rolling Stones and they were drinking bottles, which I mean, when you're drinking with the Stones, it's like you're not having drinks. You're having multiple bottles of whatever you're drinking. And they had a case or whatever it was of Rebel Yell whiskey. And the story in Billy Idol's book is like, so I'm you know sitting there drinking with Mick and, uh, and, and like looking at this bottle thinking that would make a hell of a song title. He's like, I finally just said to him, like, well, that's, you know, Rebel Yell. That's a great song title. Do you want to use it? And they're like, no. He's like, all right. You, you know, and that's, until this moment, I never knew that Rebel Yell was anything but a song title. See, it came from this whiskey, this bourbon, which I've never had. It's always, it's kind of a bottom shelf bourbon. The bottle was 16 bucks. I guess it used to be like 11, 12 bucks. So I decided to pick up a bottle and uh, I took it home, of course. And it really is kind of like, I guess there's, instead of all corn, there is some wheat involved in the process of making Rebel Yell whiskey. And that was the first thing I got as the, as the nose, if you will, as a snob, when you take the whiskey and you pour it into a glass, you know, like wine drinking snobs and you take in a big sniff and you go, ah, I got, a, I got Irish whiskey. Yeah, that was the first thing that hit me was the wheatness of it. And it's a very mellow bourbon which I really enjoyed. I mean, it's not great. It doesn't stand out as like, oh, this is awesome. And this is something that is meant to be savored. It's definitely more of a kicking back and throwing back whiskey, which I mean, again, if you're partying with Billy Idol and the Stones, guessing that was the kind of evening that they were having. But I thought this would be the perfect thing to bring to Christmas Eve, which we do with my wife's side of the family. And, uh, you know, just if get things just going immediately bring the bottle pop the thing open you know and just start doing shots because you know my wife will be the designated driver with the one i i don't drive at night anyway so i i'm fine i don't have to worry about it and i'm figuring rebel yell whiskey would definitely make the gathering at least a little bit more fun and you know if not it's you maybe won't remember all of it afterwards there's something to be said for the concept of uh you know, doing a little bit of drinking on the holidays, which everybody seems to want to do anyway, which was always makes driving a, uh, a little bit of a more fun experience. I remember coming home. I don't remember how old I was. It was probably around, you know, 12 years old, 13 years old that we were coming home on Christmas Eve. We used to go to my grandmother's house, which lived down on Wood Street in the beautiful city of Chirac, which is now kind of like a you know gangland area, lots of shootings, lots of bad things going on. And it wasn't great even back then, but I remember coming home one snowy Christmas Eve. And right before we got back to our house, there was a bridge over a canal that we had to go over that a guy going the other way in a Corvette way too fast hit the ice. And well, all I'm saying is he didn't have a good Christmas Eve. I can tell you that. And I'm guessing maybe there was some drinking involved with that because uh, it, it wasn't pretty. But hey, it happened. So if you're going to be having a fun time with the in-laws and the family and having a little bit of alcoholic lubrication on the holidays, just you know, don't drink and drive. Just crash on their floor and throw up on, in their plants. It's, it makes things a lot easier, doesn't it? Um, you, you don't know my in-laws. <laughs> are they okay do they like you actually, i mean i, I know that actually my in-laws, my in-laws were not pleased with me I, and they probably still aren't I, 
I, I don't think this was the point and, and she would definitely disagree with me, but I'm going to choose to assert that the point at which Dame Bemrose realized that I was the one was the first time that I took her home. And then we, you know, I got to meet her mom and I'm like, okay, these people are crazy. But uh, we were leaving after, you know, a day with them and she comes out and says, I think my mom liked you. She's never liked anybody. <laughs> She's never liked anybody I've brought home before. Okay. I have so many questions about what kind of guys Dame Benrose was bringing home before you. You are going to have to ask her that because that is not an alligator podcast. pit I'm going to wade into today. <laughs> That's a completely different podcast and tell your lovely wife that we would like the answers to those questions as would the grumpy old Ben's listeners producers we we all want to know exactly what it was um my wife will will deny this at this point i'm sure now but uh she claims she knew after date number three that i was the one and this is going back to being 17 years old so i don't know i, I uh, mean it's been a long time i mean now. having talked to you for for you know we, we've been podcasting for 10 months now um, I'm telling you that, uh, if you got to date number three, then obviously, I mean, it had to be, it was meant to be. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, Hey, who would, who would want to pass up on this? The, uh, the 24 seven, she's been getting uh, the 24 seven version of the podcast since 1988. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was somebody, I mean, I'd pass up on it, was, but that's me. I, I don't judge. Yeah. It, yeah, you you judge. That's all you ever do is judge. I, I think I hit karma 88 in the hug story uh, chat room the other day. And Carolyn was like, hey, that's lucky. And I'm like, I don't know. I start dating my wife in 1988. Maybe it's lucky for you. Maybe lucky for her, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It's not like she listens to grumpy old Ben. So I don't have to worry about making said jokes where uh, I'm guessing Dame Bemrose doesn't either yeah. because you are still alive. Well, and, and I know. And yeah. I, I, she doesn't. And for that, I'm thankful. Um, and I know that your wife doesn't listen to grumpy old Ben's because she still lets you talk to me. Yeah, that's true. She's like, is, is stay away from that Ryan guy. He seems like a subversive with yeah, some very he, dangerous he sounds, ideas. He sounds seditious. And, uh, and also, uh, you know, what's that smell? Cats, <laughs> wet cats and, and, a, and a, uh, and a wood stove burning said dead cats. I don't know. <laughs> But we do with all of it's this. It's very we do seldom have people that we that feed could, a cat to the wood stove. Well, that's only when they've it's, reached their usefulness. It's only happened once. Okay. I don't want that story. That's one you can avoid. Thank you very much. Uh, and the people that have donated are also very happy that you don't go into that story. We do have three today, and we appreciate that, especially knowing this time of year. People are spending way too much money on the holiday gifts because everybody's bought into this commercialism of Christmas. Um, and we kind of did a show about that already, I guess. Otherwise, we could do one the day after the two days after Christmas. Christmas is Wednesday. We will be back on the 27th to regale everybody with tales of holiday cheer. But we have a dame coming in, which this is this is something brand new for grumpy old Ben's, at least as far as I know. I mean, some of the donations and the names maybe haven't been clear. But I believe this is our first Dame contribution, our first contribution from a female listener. And we appreciate that. I think we've talked about this a little bit, like with no agenda and all these shows. It seems 
Like there is such a male centric audience, which is why there's such a big dame drive going on and no agenda. I mean, we need to try to be more inclusive, you know, even though we're just two crazy guys, but I guess we can only do that. S- separating people out and making a distinction between them is, is the opposite of inclusive. That's that's discriminatory. Wow. You're right. I'm not going to clip that. And I'm not putting that at the beginning of the show. Ryan Bemrose <laughs> was right. That will never make it as an ISO. Oh, yes, it will. But <laughs> well, on your version of the show, if you learn how to edit audio, I'm sure it'll be the brand new. Th- is it going to be your ringtone? No, that's going to be on? that's going to be a no agenda stream sweeper. <laughs> Sir Ryan Bemrose was right. <laughs> wow, that's I'm going to never live that one down. But Dame Adrian sent in a contribution saying in the little note, dear Darren and Ryan, I am really enjoying your show. And I knew I needed, I had to donate after listening to the piracy episode, which was fantastic and gave me a lot to think about. Would love to send a check once we get a PO box set up. And yes, Ryan and I have talked about that once the insanity of Christmas is done and I can actually get into the post office. I don't know why people still go to the post office to send packages. I don't get it, but they do. So once that's all uh, calmed down, I'll go in and get a PO box. She says, as a non-dude named Ben, I would also love more specific recommendations in the future to make my family more secure online besides yeah, nordvpn we get it darren so see she she's her she, she's like you every time i mention nordvpn so you're not the only one saying okay we get it nordvpn it's a vpn my, my first says, two specific to- recommendations get off facebook get off twitter sorry but does that make you more secure or does that just help Same. your mental state well, yeah, it helps your sanity, well, but is it really because not really making your computer more secure, but, but with a smaller amygdala, you are going to be able to think more rationally and make better decisions. Which is true. If, if you're constantly reacting to everything and just getting angry at everything in the world, then you're not going to be making good rational decisions. You're going to be making emotional decisions. So anyways, go on. <laughs> Well, yeah, because well, the long story short was, I, I mean, I used to be able to recommend to people that as long as you're not torrenting thing things, if you're not going into the piracy side of the internet, that you're pretty safe as long as you understand. Never click on exe files, never download things you don't know what they are. But things have gotten so much more nefarious. And I know we've touched on these things before, and we'll be touching on them again. The other day there was a. Uh, an article on how there was a photo of Taylor Swift that was going around that had malware embedded into it. So there's, there are so many ways to pick up this kind of stuff. You just, that you just you, brought me back to the, the Anna Kornikova virus from 20 years ago. Yes. Right. It, it's the same kind of a thing that except then the Anna Kornikova thing was still an EXE file. I believe that they were, although maybe they were, um, well, obfuscating yes, but they were, exactly they were what taking it was. advantage of clients that that hid the extension you know because yes because microsoft made the decision back in the day that that normal people don't need right. to know what type of file is the what the extension is right so the extension was exe but it looked like you know cornicova.jpg because they hid the .exe which followed the .jpg and that uh, that just made things fun but now i mean they're actually able to embed some of this stuff in a jpeg so it's getting a lot harder to keep your computer secure 
to keep these things off of your machine, especially now that they're doing it because they want your CPU cycles. They don't want you to know you've been pwned anymore. Yeah, well, they want your CPU cycles. Early on, you know, people would hack each other, you know, for fun, for bragging rights, because, you know, they could. And then somewhere along the line, that switched to straight up greed. They're trying to steal your money. And now it's it's also greed, but it's uh, they want your computer and they just want to own the computer. And therefore, uh, hacking has become more nefarious and harder to spot because they're hiding it. And nowadays, if if you get, quote unquote, hacked, um, you're you, you probably won't know unless you're really checking for it. Right, because they're crypto mining with your, you know, uh, with your CPU when you're not doing stuff. Well, and even when you are, you'll notice that if your computer slows way down. So the bottom line is, you do need a decent antivirus as well as knowing what to look for. And these are things that are definitely down the grumpy old Ben's line, and things we'll be talking out, uh, talking about as we move along here from episode forty-one. I, I would be GNs. interested in hearing more about this uh, this JPEG virus. I haven't. I might, I might end up, you know what? I might even do research on this because uh, JPEG is a data format and any program worth its shit will not execute anything in a data program, which means um, you can't there, you know, JPEG format doesn't have any executable parts in it. So you can't hack into somebody or, or run code just from a JPEG, which means that if there's a malicious JPEG that's breaking people, it's because they're exploiting vulnerabilities in a viewer. Right. And I'm wondering, and I don't know which one. Now it I was, suddenly wonder which one it is. So I might have to find out <laughs> not that I'll report I'm back guessing- because we'll never talk about this again, but I want to find out for myself. And if, if you're a Ben out there and you're curious, you should probably check it out too. And Hey, it's probably a good idea. We'll be, if, if well, once you do research, we'll hear about it because you do so little, you'll want, praise and well there's that patchy on the back and and also we'll probably hear and also about if it i in find out episode. something and it makes me angry or cranky then then you'll hear about that too because this is my outlet for that sort of thing and dame bemrose thanks all of us for that yeah, dame she doesn't Adrian want to listen to her ends her letter with looking forward to more episodes merry christmas dame adrian thank you dame adrian we're not triggered by you saying merry christmas we appreciate it thank you for the contribution And like that, we'll be looking into setting up that P.O. box and doing many more shows on how to keep your devices. We can't even say computers anymore since there are so many devices on the Internet, keeping them safe and secure, except for the fact that the Internet of Things, the only way to keep them safe involves a sledgehammer and or rolling over them with your car. We also have two more contributions from our buddies, Cold Acid and Brad Hall. No letters with those. We'll just send you out lots of Christmas. Well, well, okay, maybe that would be triggering. We'll send you out lots of now, holiday. I was going to say karma. Now, screw it. We're sending you Christmas karma. If you don't like it, uh, give it to somebody else. It's kind of like those gifts. That if you get them, just re-gift the Christmas karma. If you're not into that sort of thing, we appreciate everybody listening, contrib- uh, sending in the contributions, subscribing, you know, rating the shows on all these places. And if you want to subscribe, of course, grumpyoldbens.com. You can subscribe Apple, Android. You can get an email to you, Stitcher, all sorts of different things. And now I, I did finally put up that we broadcast live at uh, 11 a.m. Central. And I put up all the you know times, well, for Americans, because that's all that really exists, even though 
Um, we have such a great amount of people from outside. I should probably figure out what our start time is. Uh, what do you call it? Zulu or, uh, you know, UTC or, uh, we just need that one time that we can put up there, but the information's now up there with a direct link to the stream and all that. Cause people are like, well, what do you broadcast live? And Ryan's like, maybe that should be on the website. And I'm like, I can do that. And that has been, uh, that has now been added. I, so it's easy I, I to find out when we broadcast. I do come from uh, an older era where people actually went to websites for uh, information. It's really yeah. people did that yeah. way back people when people used to use the web to convey information rather than to just scream at each other in 140 characters or less. And there is, I, I did see an article I bookmarked it. I didn't read it about the digital age and how it has made people much more alienated and much more angry, which is, it's really, it's funny and ironic all in the same way, which is the technology that was lauded as, Oh, the greatest communication tool of all is making people alienated and angry but that's why everybody needs a podcast and they can rant and rave just like sir ryan bemrose grumpy old is a place to go to subscribe or to donate if you're in the mood to do so we work on the value for value model the show is free if you got something out of it you go there and you send a little bit of value back our way and we greatly appreciate it any last thoughts here before christmas any last minute advice for people going into all those family gatherings, Sir Ryan Bemrose. Uh, don't do drugs. Or or was it, wait, was it, it was it do drugs? I don't know. You know what? You're, alcohol you're, you're an individual. Well, a drug, right? You're an individual. Make your own decision. That's deep. And I'm going to go along with that. It's the libertarian way. Whatever you do, do whatever the hell you want. As long as you're not screwing up somebody else in the process, we're all for it. And we hope everybody has a great holiday. Like I said, we will be back next Friday, God willing, to do this once again. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America where I've got the Christmas spirit. I don't mind Christmas music. And I think Ryan Bemrose is a Grinch. I, I am. And from America's left coast where the good drugs are. Thanks for listening and Merry Christmas. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Thank you.